It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joe Medora on this 27th day of September, 6.06 on the clock and 79 degrees and sunny outside in southeast Ohio. This is the Sports Fan brought to you by JNK Contracting. Joey, a heavy football show today. A lot of football to talk about what happened on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. How are you? Uh, good day, Connor. Uh, you know, just... Excited that we have all this football at our disposal. Every you know, both seasons starting to get kind of in the full swing. You know, with high school, college, NFL, all kinds of football to uh, to you know take in each and every weekend. And you know, the weather's starting to change a little bit too. Starting to feel a little bit more like that. You know, 50, 60 degree football weather that you that you end up getting. And uh, so it's been good for sure. Uh, some exciting games all over the area last weekend, high school wise. Um, Another tough one for the Bobbies. Of course, the coaches' show is going on right now. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little later on. And uh, Cincinnati, huge win over Pittsburgh. Um, you know, second time they've beaten them in their in their last two meetings against uh, against each other. Um, and this is going to be a big confidence booster, especially going into a short week against the Jaguars. But uh, we'll break all that down. I think we're going to start out with some uh, baseball talk here, though. Of course, you know, with football being in full swing, and the Reds kind of not playing their best ball in September kind of got away from them, but they did pick up a 13 to one victory over the pirates today. But, uh, you know, Connor, we were listening to it here in the studio. And, uh, you know, as soon as Tommy throwing them went off the air, I, I said to you too little, too late, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, right. Like the only thing that's saving them is St. Louis is not playing today. Right. St. Louis got hot at the right moment. Yeah. I mean, they've won the most games consecutive in the NL since 16. 19 since 1953. Yeah. What What was the um? I don't know what the AL record is, but I know the Indians who played uh, their final game. They got up to 20 a couple of years ago, didn't they? Yeah, I, I That's know when they, they had, started the whole Indians thing. Didn't they have two 20 win like back to back years that they won 20 straight, I believe. Um, but the Indians played their final game home in Cleveland uh, as the Indians. So that also happened today, and they, they go out with a win. Uh, Indians beat Kansas City 8-3, to and then when that change will go over to the Guardians, I'm not really sure sometime in the offseason. Um, but, yeah, it's 16 in a row for St. Louis, and the tragic number for Cincinnati is at 1. Um, the good news is, is that the Milwaukee Brewers play uh, against St. Louis, Right, so they've got a series that opens up uh, with Milwaukee and St. Louis. And, you know, listen, St. Louis has earned the right to go in, into the postseason. They won all these games in a row. And it's really uh, a shame for Cincinnati because Cincinnati, you know, had played up to uh, being a postseason team this year. But when you lose all the series that you did, when you lose all the games down the stretch that you did, um, you know, it, it hurt them. And I think it was a, a disappointing way for this season to finish. And while it's not over, there's not a good chance that uh, the Cincinnati Reds are in the postseason, especially with, you know, just having... You, they lose one game, they're out. If St. Louis wins one game, they're out. 
Yeah, um, I mean, it's going to take a minor miracle for right. for the uh, the Reds at this point. Are you sure they're not already dead? No, they, they got one game. I did the math before coming in here, and um, right now the tragic number again for the Cincinnati Reds is at one. So and they're, five and a, they're five and a half games back. Yep, with six left to play. Right, so St. Louis would have to lose okay. every single game. I got you. I was just looking at yeah. the... Uh, I mean, this only has them playing five more games. Uh, Cincinnati might have five more. Um, oh, but the they, okay, they have one, the Cardinals have one more to play, and then it would go to a playoff if they're both tied at the end. Probably for the second wild card spot. Gotcha. One game playoff, so it'd be the wild card for the wild card. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and that would be crazy. But St. Louis again, they're on a 16 game winning streak. Yeah, they're not. It is highly. Highly unlikely. Yeah, and on uh, like Friday they were or a Thursday or Friday they came they were down like six nothing in the eighth and came back and won. I mean they're just playing out of their minds right now. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's probably one of those that makes you sting even more if you're the Reds. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this when the season wraps up because I mean it is looking like like you said. I mean it takes one victory from St. Louis. Uh, it would take an all time collapse by by them to not get the playoff spot here. But um, it's just you know going. When you got like midway through, you know August as it was, and the Reds find themselves in that second wild card spot, it was all right. We're here. You're gonna have to beat out the Padres and probably the Phillies, and if you can do that, you're gonna find yourself in a playoff spot. And Cincinnati fans, you know, I know many who expectations were not high for this season. Uh, you know, losing Bauer and, uh, and other guys and, you know, their playoff performance last year and the expanded playoff field was, you know, not great. I mean, they combined for like five hits in the two games that they got to play in. But they made it there. They were there and expectations weren't high. And if you told them that at this point in the season, I'm sure if you told many fans they'd be sitting at 82 wins with six to play and five and a half out of the wild card, they would say it's a successful season. Unfortunately, what you have to do is expectations change throughout the season. And when you're sitting in a wild card spot halfway through August with, you know, just a, a month and a half to play, they didn't play a particularly hard schedule down the stretch here. You would say, uh, you probably got to expect them to at least make a push at this thing. And the sad thing is they outplayed the Padres. They outplayed the Phillies at this point. They're only a game better than the two teams, but those are the teams that you thought that the competition was going to be, but man, the Cardinals, they really, uh, they really struck fire at, at the right time. Like you said, and winning 16 in a row, like I said earlier, most in the NL since 1953. No one could have predicted that was going to be the way that the Cardinals were going to fight back. Um, so it's a mixture of just the Reds just not playing their base, their best baseball by a wide stretch. I mean, you're losing series to the Tigers early on in the month, the Cubs, who had a fire sale. They lost uh, three to the Cardinals earlier in the month, which is part of this win streak they've been on, dropping series to the Pirates. Bad teams. I mean, the Reds dug their own grave for sure. Because even with the Cardinals' 16-game win streak, if the Reds go out and beat some of the teams they're supposed to, they're probably still at least tied or around a couple games closer in the wild card spot. But um, they just, you know, kind of fell in on itself. Uh, truly, here um, they just didn't really have the lineup go to work at times like they were able to uh, throughout much of the season. And you know, the the bullpen issue. The bullpen issues are, uh, you know, we've been talking about it all year, and you know those that never really went fully away, even with the additions they tried to make at the trade deadline. Um, they got better, you know. You, yeah. You're not, you're no longer losing a game thirteen. Yeah, to... I mean, it was hard to get worse than what they yeah. were. <laughs> it was, uh, but again, like you said, this month of September has been pretty bad for 
uh, the Cincinnati Reds, losing series to the Cubs, the Tigers, the Cardinals, the Pirates, right? I mean, you needed to win a lot of these series, especially because you were going against teams, Cubs, Cardinals, Pirates, right? You got to beat your teams in the division, and all right, you won the series against the Nationals, whoop-de-doo. I mean, especially the Cubs and Pirates. Like, they were done. They were dead in the water. Right. At least at the time they played, the Cardinals was when their, their stretch of good play kind of was getting underway. And, uh, you know, they just ran into a tough team, but they still had a cushion on the Cardinals at the time. And I'm not asking for a sweep, you know, just asking to win the games that were there in front of you that were, you know, winnable, right? And you have to win the series, and I think they lost nine straight series, uh, you know, dating back to, you know, this month and maybe at the end of last month. But, you know, that's not winning baseball, right, in and of itself. They can't just win a couple games here and there and expect to be in the postseason. And at the end, you know, again, Cardinals caught fire. They won some games. They came up big in, in other games. Um, it, and they got, at the end of the day, they got the job done against the teams that, that were in front of them. And that's really what it comes down to. I, I did think that that St. Louis team was more talented than what they showed in the beginning of the year. Uh, yeah, I think on paper they have a much talented right. roster, much more talented roster than the Reds. And they had to deal with different. You know, pitchers going out, they had to deal with, with injuries. Uh, but on, on paper, you know, they were a team that was probably supposed to win uh, or at least be closer in contention to the NL Central lead. Um, I, I think they're still, I don't think they've been eliminated from uh, the, the NL Central yet. Yeah, well, um, I mean, Milwaukee. <laughs> right, Milwaukee's, did Milwaukee clinch it or just clinch a playoff spot? I believe they no, clinched they, it. They clinched it. Yeah, yeah. They, they clinched it. Seven games up on, on St. Louis. Um, but again, Cincinnati just didn't get the job done. It is encouraging, however, you know, the big question mark you had coming into this year, the offense last year was terrible, right? And again, the season's not done yet. We'll do a little bit more of in-depth on the Reds uh, a little bit in the future. We'll we'll talk about some football coming up next. But, uh, you know, some big question marks were answered this year, at least on offense. You liked what you saw out of Nick Castellano, Jesse Winker, uh, Joey Votto had a resurgence this year. He's looked, you know, better than he might have looked in in a couple of years. Uh, you have a rookie of the year who I think is the favorite in Jonathan India. If if he's not the favorite, he's at least top two. Um, so you have now, you know, a core group of guys that you can build around and look for success in the next year. And you've already put your faith in the manager David Bell to where you know you know he's going to be here for at least the next couple of years. So you have these core group of guys. You have the the front office behind them. You have the management. Uh, now you just have to go out there and win, right? Get some pieces in the offseason. Get some better arms uh, for your starting rotation and for your bullpen and go out there and win. Uh, it's easier to fix a bullpen than I think, you know, hitting, right? So, again, they, they just have to – a couple tweaks in the offseason, I think this team is going to be in contention uh, for, for something a little bit more next year. And uh, hopefully not as disappointing as a, a tail off as they've had this year. Yeah, you got some young guys, you know, down in the farm system pitching, especially with guys like uh, Hunter Green and Lodolo, who's been having good years. They called up a kid today who had a pretty good uh, debut. Uh, went five and two thirds, only allowing the one run and their thirteen to one victory. Um, like we said, we're not like we said they're not completely dead yet, but uh, it ain't looking great. Um, you know, the Cardinals do play the Brewers. But like we said, uh, Cardinals are on a six-team game win streak. They uh, they have something special brewing uh, right now. Three-game series with them and the Brewers starts tomorrow. And uh, 
the Reds, I believe, have tomorrow. Oh, no, they have the White Sox coming up, which, you know, it's not even a guarantee that, that the Reds <laughs> are going to win their next five games no. and even give themselves a chance anyway. But They'd need to go on a winning streak now, and they'd have to hoop, uh, hope that St. Louis uh, goes on a losing streak. But even that, I mean, that's, um, that'd be tough. That'd be tough, and you know, for all intents and purposes, they're they're probably out of it. Um, but you know, the, the bell hasn't rung yet. Uh, but even you know, me being the more optimistic guy, uh, you know, my my optimism's at probably zero point zero one, <laughs> probably with the playoff odds entail. And uh, I, I saw this stat earlier, and I'm just going to have a, a quick, quick little two seconds about it, because uh, I am excited about football season. Right, and I'm excited about it because of the way that kind of baseball ended around here, right? I mean, St. Louis tailed off, uh, and the Mets are Cincinnati, the, f- the first team. Uh, yeah, uh, Cincinnati tailed off, uh, but the Mets are the first team ever to lead for a hundred plus days and then finish the season with a losing record. Never happened before. I'm not talking about postseason appearance or anything, uh, just to finish with the losing record. So I, I was disappointed with baseball season. Uh, you know, the Reds gave you something to cheer for. Mets for me a little bit. Uh, but again, it's uh, it's all looking looking up for football, especially after some encouraging things uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. Uh, not so encouraging from the Ohio Bobcats on Saturday. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes looked a little bit better against Akron, but again, their opponent was Akron, and you're using a backup quarterback. Uh, so we still have a lot to talk about, uh, plus... A little bit of a recap of what happened on Friday with Athens and Logan and uh, Trimble and Fort Friday and uh, even a ticket giveaway for the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back after this. This is the Sports Fan on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. To some, that may just sound like ice hitting heavy-duty plastic. But to a Bud Light legend, it's a signal that says it's time. Time to dust off the barbecue tongs and load up the cooler with 37 Bud Lights and an assortment of dips. Because it's time to take back all the fun we've missed. Welcome back, Bud Light legends. Let's take summer by the coolers. Cooler up at BudLightLegends.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2021 AP Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sportsman 970 97.1 FM WATH. Again, earlier today, Cincinnati Reds beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 13-1 on a makeup game back on uh, last Wednesday. But on to football, right? And the big thing that we're doing here for this week with the football game being on Thursday, number one, uh, it's exciting for us because we get to be a little bit of a pregame leading up until the Cincinnati Bengals and Jacksonville Jaguars. On Thursday, that game will start at 7 o'clock. What is that, an hour? I think they do an hour pregame. 
So that would be a kickoff at 8 o'clock for Thursday Night Football. Uh, and we're giving you a chance to go and see Cincinnati take on Jacksonville. As the jungle will be alive and rocking when your Cincinnati Bengals take on the Jacksonville Jaguars September 30th for Thursday Night Football. We're giving you the chance to win tickets and be there live to catch all the excitement of the game and unveiling of the Ring of Honor at halftime. You can help jam the jungle, according to the Bengals. And uh, if you want to go, call in right now, 740-592-6646. Talk about Cincinnati with us, and uh, we'll, we'll give you a chance to win those tickets. Uh, we got two tickets to give away today. We've got two tickets to give away tomorrow. And, uh, again, that number to call in for your chance to win the Cincinnati Bengals tickets as they take on Jacksonville through Thursday Night Football, 740-592-6646. Joey, I'd rather start on a positive note. I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about college, and we have the Ohio Coaches uh, Tim Albin Show taking on uh, over on our sister station, Power 105, right now. Uh, we'll talk Bobcats. We'll talk OSU a little bit later. But uh, for Cincinnati, starting on the good note, Joe Burrow looked pretty good. He was efficient, didn't throw for a whole lot of yards. Uh, but, again, he got the job done, three touchdowns, 172 yards, and was the highest-rated quarterback this week. Uh, in, in pro football focus with like a, a 90.4. Still two chances for the, the quarterbacks tonight, uh, to, to whether it be Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts. But uh, good quarterback play from Cincinnati. The rushing game was there. And most importantly, the offensive line held up against the Cincinnati defense. And even though it was banged up, T.J. Watt didn't play. They had a couple other guys injured. Uh, they stopped the sack streak which was at 75 straight games, and they did not allow Joe Burrow to go down uh, with the sack. Um, pretty impressive for Cincinnati against, albeit, a, a, a banged-up Steelers team. Yeah, uh, we, we talked about this the other day with Russ. Big Ben's done. <laughs> He's uh, good grief. I mean, some of the, like, Connor, you know, when you're a guy who... You know, I know you were never, like, the biggest football guy, so I don't know what, what this does with you. But growing up, Ben Roethlisberger was just a specimen of a quarterback. He's a strong guy, tough to bring down. The amount of times he would break out of two sacks, roll out and hit, you know, Heinz Ward or Heath Miller or somebody 30 yards down the field for a first down, just an absolute backbreaker, was absurd. It's Antonio Holmes. Yeah, all guys like that. Yeah. And he, Antonio Brown when he was there and younger and, you know, all kinds of guys. And that's what he was known for. That was his skill. He was a heck of a quarterback for a really long time. He is not anymore. And the quarterback on the other sideline was much better. Burrow, um, you started to see him, you know, make some encouraging plays, taking off and uh, having a couple first down runs and throwing the ball outside of his interception. First of all, he's trying to squeeze in the coverage. It was a high throw, too. Took a deflection, interception. Probably not the best decision in that in that moment, but um, the defense is there to back them up. That front seven, uh, you know, they're they're making a step as as one of the the better ones in the league. Now Pittsburgh offensive line struggled. They gave up ten hits against um, against the Raiders in week two, and then but just constant pressure all day, forcing Ben into some tough throws. Um, and what was really huge for me was they did not play conservative, scared, you know, very easily. Zach Taylor on that last drive could have been like, well, we're on the road in Pittsburgh. It's 7-7. We get the ball at halftime. Let's sit back in our laurels and, you know, we'll just be happy to be tied in Pittsburgh on the road getting the ball at halftime. Instead, 
you know, they drive right down the field and they dial up the deep shot for Chase down the field to put a touchdown on the board for halftime, 14-7. And that's so big when you can score like that before halftime then get the ball back and score points again because as you, as you saw, they put them on top by 10, and that was another good drive. A big play on that drive was the third and three. Uh, Chris Evans, the rookie, gets the pass out of the backfield. He gets a 10-yard gain for a first down, and McPherson they, goes in and makes the field goal. And then just the, the exclamation on top of that was the interception. Logan Wilson, what a day. Two picks for him. Uh, makes a nice play on the ball. And the Bengals, once again, not settling, not, not you know running the ball three straight plays, kick a field goal. Okay, we're up two touchdowns. Now we're good. They go for the end zone again. And uh, Jamar Chase, what a start to his uh, to his rookie campaign after three games. What did he have four touchdowns in three games? I believe so, yeah. He so, had two touchdowns yesterday, one touchdown at each of the previous two. Yep. So, I mean, he you know that pick is – is looking like a good one, paying dividends. Um, and just what a game, really. And then from that point on, you knew the Steelers were going to have to sit back and try to chuck the ball around. And Ben's just not really capable of doing that anymore um, to come back in a game. You saw they could get past the 40, past the 30, and uh, they just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. So credit to the Bengals' defense, credit to the offense, timely scores when they needed them. Uh, I mean, I said last week, and you know, talking to Troy and Freeze and other guys, Chase is going to get behind the defense once or twice in this game, and they're going to have to hit it when he does, and they did that. And uh, just what a win for Zach Taylor. I mean, this is going to be one that, uh, you know, I know this isn't the greatest Steelers team in the past 20 years, but they went in there and got a big victory, his second road victory ever, and, you know, it's just going to be a big momentum booster. Now you have this win going into a short week against a bad Jaguars team. Get them at home. People are going to be buzzing about the team after this big win. Uh, was it the first time they beat the Steelers by double digits since 1995? Was yeah, it first time by more than 10 points since 1995. So, you know, just a huge victory. It was fun to watch. It was good to see Joe out there healthy, moving around in the pocket, being efficient. And uh, just a really good victory for them. And we do have a caller on the line. Caller, you are live on the sports fan. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's going on? You calling for the tickets? I'm going to give it a shot. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Bengals. What would you take away from the game? I thought they looked uh, really good, especially on that one touchdown pass where Burrow had all day to throw. That that was refreshing to see. Um, you know, he was able to, to take some hits and looked like he was going to be all right. Um, and, it, and, and, again, it just it, you almost have to – to pinch yourself and say, well, this kid was just playing for Athens a few years ago, <laughs> and here he is. And uh, But uh, it's just a lot of fun to watch. And uh, um, Yeah, I, I think they're a, a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely a big win. And, you know, just to be able to beat Pittsburgh the last two times they played them, I think for so long, uh, as a Bengals fan or, you know, there was always this stigma whenever Pittsburgh came around that just something was going to go wrong for Cincinnati and they could never really get over that hump. But just to see them go out and dominate Pittsburgh like they did yesterday, I mean, right. like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. It's that's one thing about them. It's they're as consistent, and whenever you can beat them, you know you're you're that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. In that building too, right? And uh, they, so I've I've always been a lifelong Browns fan, so I'm a, a long suffering football fan, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's been fun. It's really been fun watching Burrow come along, and you know, just uh, progression from Ohio State to LSU to the Heisman Trophy, and now coming back from this injury. I mean, I just it's just fantastic, and and uh, I, he, he hasn't forgotten where he where he came from, and um, I just think it's a great thing. 
Has Joe converted you to a Cincinnati fan now, or are you still I up with Cleveland? I have to say so. <laughs> you know, when I'm, the game, there's two games on yesterday, and, you know, uh, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on the Cleveland score, but, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm watching the Bengals. That's good. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, good feelings on both sides, right? I mean, you have a, a dominating win over the Bears if you're, uh, if you're Cleveland, and you have a, a win that is rare against the Steelers, and always a well-coached Steelers team. Like it, Mike Tomlin right. is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Right. And right. I'm 55 years old, and I think the Steelers have had three coaches in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. saying something. Yep, Absolutely. Well, I'll keep you on the line right here. We'll get you some uh, two tickets to the Cincinnati Bengals coming up on Thursday for Thursday Night Football. Are you able to go to that game? I'm going to sure try. All right. Uh, stay on the line with me. Don't hang up. Uh, we'll send it to a quick break, and I'll get you those tickets, all right? Okay, thank you. All right, appreciate the call in, and uh, we'll talk to you in just a second. We'll throw it to a quick break and more football right after this. This is the Sports Fan on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Back here on the Sports Fan, Connor still taking care of our winner for the Bengals tickets for the Thursday night game between the Bengals and Jaguars, but just continuing to talk about that big-time victory out in Pittsburgh for the Bengals. 24-10, um, to 10, the final score. And like I said, I think, uh, I think the most relief is what you saw from that game was the, the zero sacks, the Burrow having time to throw, the Burrow being able to step up and move around in the pocket and look like he's starting to get more comfortable with that, with that repaired knee that he has, obviously. Um, and, you know, just seeing him run around and stuff. I mean, that, that's something that some people were noticing the first couple of weeks that he's always been a guy willing to take off when he had to. He wasn't really doing that the first couple of weeks. But then to go out there and do it against that defense, I'll be a little banged up. No T.J. Watt and other guys, but still a very formidable uh, team and defense out there. Guys like Devin Bush are no joke. Joe Hayden on the back end and other guys. Um, that's a win that, you know, can start to change the culture. For Cincinnati and Zach Taylor, like they came into that week only winning one game on the road in Taylor's two plus season, this being his third as the head coach of the team. And then they go to Pittsburgh, a win by two touchdowns in a game that was pretty much wrapped up halfway through the third quarter is, uh, you know, something that you haven't seen from the Cincinnati team on the road since Taylor took over. Right. And, you know, I was listening to the press game, uh, post game press conferences. Uh, I think they had like six interviews, you know, Zach Taylor, Burrow, Jamar Chase. Um, you know, and everybody was really talking about the culture, right? Everybody has bought in. Everybody has, you know, it, it's just a different feel to the Cincinnati team. And I know that we really can't get a look in into that locker room, uh, but I, I think you can see that 
on the field. I think you can see that when they talk to the media uh, and, and just everything that you know they've been able to do through the first you know three weeks. And believe it or not, you know I, I think this team should be three and zero. I I think that was a, a bad loss to the Bears. I know you turned the ball over four straight times. How about to say, I don't know if you turn the ball over four times, well, you ever deserve to win a game. Right, <laughs> right. but it, if you take a, and it's a fixable thing, right? I mean, the turnovers, you know, a couple of bad decisions. Joe tried to force the ball to a couple different places. Uh, T. Higgins with with the fumble uh, against the Bears. Um, you know that they could easily be three and zero, um, and you know it's it's a different feel to this team. It's a different uh, defense. And obviously, you know, your big question, Joey, coming into the season was, you know, what have they done to improve the defense? What, what's going to change defensively, right? Uh, you had the, the spending on the offensive line with Reef. You had, you know, the addition of uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, but on defense, you really didn't hear a whole lot. But I, I think they quietly spent a lot of money on the defense. And it's second most in the league. Right. And um, it's proven through three weeks that they have gotten much, much better. Uh, I, I think Eli Apple is still, you know, questionable. But, you know, overall, you know, you beat the Steelers 24-10. to 10. You held Ben Roethlisberger and injured, beat down Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, it's only 10 points, right? I mean, Najee Harris got a couple of, uh, I think he was pretty, he led all teams in fantasy points, right, for uh, for the Steelers. But again, you, you kept them out of the end zone more often than not, uh, just a field goal and, and a touchdown, and you know, that's pretty pretty good for this defense, uh, considering what the Steelers have done to them over the past you know decade or so. Yeah, I mean we can't, you know, I don't want to come off as a downer, but you can't forget the fact that this is not the Steelers' offenses of the past decade that they've had. No. Um, you know, just a few years ago when they had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown at their peak and Ben was still able to throw for 5,000 yards and they had, you know, so many good offensive linemen like Foster and Villanueva and Pouncey and, and all those guys were a little bit younger. And, of course, you know, a lot of them, they moved on from many of those guys. This is a pretty much a brand-new team up front. They got younger. and that's how they get better. Um, and I think they're starting to learn that over in Pittsburgh. And I'll tell you this, you know, I know we want to celebrate the Bengals. That Pittsburgh team's in a lot of trouble. Um, that offense has looked putrid the past couple weeks against the Raiders and Cincinnati. And the Raiders, I don't think, are a top-flight defense in the league. Cincinnati has statistically been good to this point. Haven't played a great offense yet. Um, Minnesota's solid in some positions. Uh, but, the, I mean, you saw what the Bears did against the, the, the Browns yesterday. That's a terrible offense. Nothing. And Pittsburgh isn't, um, isn't that far behind that right now. Um, well, that's why I say, you know, that offense on the Bears was not good. I mean, and I know you can't, you know, take away the turnovers, uh, but it's a different game if you don't turn the ball over four times. You can play the what-if game however long you want to play it. Um, but, again, turnovers killed them. Yeah, um, and they will do that to you. Right, and the pick six, right? I mean, that's a, their defense, you know, turning the, uh, you know, Defensive points, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we knew for this. I mean, the Bears have any chance again? It's going to be because of their defense. I mean, <laughs> right? You know, Fields. If you're an Ohio State fan, you can't be happy with that debut, huh? I mean, unless maybe you're a Cleveland Ohio State fan, then you maybe just feel bad for him or something. But regardless, uh, this defense has played well against the 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 bottom half competition and offense they played. They're going to play another not very good one statistically 
in Jacksonville coming up here. The big test for this defense is going to be not next week, but the week after when they have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, uh, who I believe are coming to Paul Brown Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. But um, so, yeah, yeah. so as a home game. So I'm sure that won't be rocking. That's going to be the first test because you're going to deal with Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, many would make the case that he's the most talented quarterback to ever step foot on, on the football field. As long as you got Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Tunyon, uh, Valdez Scantling has, has been good. Since uh, since joining Green Bay, they're gonna have some weapons. Not to look too far ahead, but I like you got to like that your defense is playing like this against the bottom par offenses in the league. But that's gonna be a big measuring stick that Week Five game for this defense. Absolutely, and because yeah. I fully expect them to play pretty similar against Jacksonville. I mean, they, I, it hasn't been a uh, an, uh, a match made in heaven so far with uh, with Urban and Trevor Lawrence down there in uh, in Duval County in uh, Jacksonville. So, and right, just like our, our last caller said, you know, he, he believes that this could be a playoff team. And if you evaluate, you know, the teams that they have ahead of them, right? The schedule gets a lot tougher. It gets a lot tougher. Um, I, I think I had, what, I'm at, at 7 and 10 or something on my, uh, my preseason rankings of these teams. Yeah. But, um, but they, they are, to their credit, winning these early games against teams that they are more talented. I mean, I don't, Maybe if we get Steelers at full strength, it's a little bit different because that defense is can be suffocating. You saw what they did to Josh Allen week one with Watt and everybody. But I mean, I'm not. I can't say anymore that Pittsburgh has a better roster than than Cincinnati right now. I, right now, if you wanted to talk career wise, you know, longevity and and you know who's better. But who career wise you gonna point to besides Ben? I, I mean, that's Juju's young, Claypool's young, right. Najee Harris is young. I mean, the guy I was on the offense, they're not proven necessarily they've had some guys who had a couple good seasons they think Najee Harris gonna be great they can't block anybody no they can't I mean that's the only thing you know Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger those are the only two guys who have had sustained success um I mean you have guys on the defense like Watt got paid Joe Hayden's been around for a long time I mean Minka Fitzpatrick's one of the best safeties in the league Devin Bush has been good in his young career They They, they, they have some good defensive players but I mean man for man if you look down the roster I'm not sure I mean, I think you're looking at this Pittsburgh team could be the fourth most talented roster in the league, or right. in, uh, not in the league, in the, uh, in the division right now. And right now, even uh, Cincinnati wasn't fully healthy yesterday, right? You had T. Higgins out. Yeah, and that's, that's true. was another uh, offensive weapon. Had to start Jackson Carmen at right guard, who did a right? phenomenal job for I, a rookie. Carmen should be in there every single week. I think yeah, Carmen, I'm sure you're going to see that from, from now on. And it was announced that Carmen's going to be at right guard. Um, you know, moving forward, at least for uh, against Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, which is good. I mean, you, you drafted the guy. Um, the offensive line through the first couple of weeks wasn't great. I mean, Joe still got sacked more than anybody else uh, through the first two weeks, and they didn't give up a sack against the Sealers, who were known uh, to get the sacks, right? So with Carmen, was he the reason why? No, I, I think the Steelers' defensive line with all the injuries they had, uh, also played a part. It's not as strong as it should have been. Uh, but Carmen obviously was was a uh, was an upgrade. He did his job. And at the end of the day, that, that's what you need. Uh, but you reevaluate kind of down the stretch on where these teams are at. You know, it's no longer a guarantee that the Steelers are going to win. I mean, he just went to Heinz Fields and beat him. Now you have a chance to play the Steelers. Steelers are home. 0-2 at home right yeah. now. It, it's unbelievable. 
but you have the Steelers home down the stretch. That's a game that they can take. Uh, Chargers are not going to be easy. I mean, the Chargers just defeated uh, Kansas City. And, and Arrowhead went to Arrowhead and beat them. Right. Uh, so the Chargers isn't looking good. You got the 49ers who, I mean, they were okay, you know, against um, you know, Packers last four, night. 49ers are a good team. 49, yeah, I mean, they were good. There were two good teams last night. Um, but I, I mean, they, to get down 17 nothing to Aaron Rodgers and, and fight back and have a chance to win, you know, you can't really right. ask much more than that. But, yeah, like you said, you know, it's, it's, you got to get some of these wins out of the way if you want to compete because it's going to be tough to steal some down the stretch. I mean, oh, or excuse me, Vegas, you know, they've, they're 3-0. and I mean, they're, they're winning by the skin of their teeth in each game, but they're winning right now. And uh, under Gruden, they have tapered off later in the year. But you got to go out there. Pittsburgh, they get healthy. Maybe it's a different game next time. The Chargers are a good team. The Niners are a good team. Denver, that defense looks legit right now. I don't know how much firepower Teddy Two Gloves has with that offense. <laughs> but um, I don't think it's going to be an easy game to go there and win. You know, And you still have to play teams like Kansas City and others. And um, so the, the schedule definitely does pick up here in the next couple weeks. I mean, you got to get this Jags one out of the way and have a victory and be three and one, and uh, take it from there. But you know, if you're sitting at three and one after next week, the Ravens got to go to Denver. I'm not comfortable saying that the Ravens definitely go out there and win that game. Um, and then I believe Cleveland has a tough matchup next week as well. So I'm mean, trying to get that pulled up. Right. Well, right here's now. here's my thing with the Denver Broncos. Right. So, I, I don't okay, really so know. So Cleveland goes to Minnesota, not a gimme game. I mean, yeah. Minnesota just put a whooping on Seattle. <laughs> and yesterday. Seattle's always a, a, a good team. Yeah. Uh, but here's here's the reason why I'm not too excited about Denver yet. They've earned the right. I mean, they're three and zero this season. However, you're beating teams that are are just bad, and two of them were from New York. I mean, the the Giants in Week One, the Giants and the Jets are a joke in the NFL. <laughs> And that's coming from a Jets fan. I want the Jets to succeed. I want Zach Wilson to succeed. But they are just not looking good. Yeah, Denver hasn't played a good schedule at right. this point. I mean, they they're going to figure out how good they are next week. Exactly. Right? I mean, you have the Ravens, and I think the Ravens are going to really tell you what team the Broncos are. You know, are they just pretending through the first three weeks because they had a very soft schedule in the beginning? Or is this team actually legit. I mean, if the Ravens play like they did yesterday, Denver can definitely win that game. Right. Well, that's why I'm, I, I think the Ravens, you know, if, if you shut down Lamar Jackson, I don't think the Ravens are a good football team. Well, the, right? I mean, Detroit didn't shut down Lamar Jackson, but... No. But, I, I mean, Detroit, you had to have a record <laughs> a record set for field goal kick, yep. which was impressive. Like I, I was thoroughly impressed and entertained by, by Tucker. 66-yarder. But again, I mean, I think the Ravens are a good football team. Yeah, they're kind of hovering in the. But, we don't quite know how good to this point. It, I mean, lose on the road to Vegas. It's like okay, it's their first game in their new stadium. They're amped up over there. A couple turnovers cost you. They're losing overtime. Fine. Then you beat the Chiefs at home. I mean, we're starting to figure out if how good are the Chiefs this year. It's lost to the Chargers at home. They never lose at home. That's yesterday, what I was, especially that's, in September. That's what I was going to ask you. I don't even know if the Chiefs are real or, or just. Nah, I mean, I wouldn't go point. that far. I mean, they still have the best offense in the league. They do, but I they did not look good last. Everybody, everybody, when they go to play Kansas City, gears up and says, "We got to score thirty points to win this game." Yeah. But again, you know, you don't know what the the Ravens look like. You know, they're hovering on a good team. Um, but if you're looking at Cincinnati in the postseason. 
these are must-win games coming up with the Jaguars, the Lions, uh, and and really, you know, there's not an easy win after the Lions, right? I mean, you have uh, except for the Jets, right? You need to beat the Jaguars, the Lions, the Jets to put yourself later on in the season at six in, wins. But at some point or another, right. you're going to have to beat you're gonna have some to up- good football teams, right? You're going to have to upset somebody, whether it be the Ravens, whether it be the Browns, the Raiders, if they tail off towards the tail end like they have in the past. Uh, or, or if the Broncos, right? You're going to have to win more games than, than just the couple ones that I, I listed off there. But you know, those are the the must-win games to where you look down and be like, all right, you know, the, these are the easy ones. You got to win the easy ones. And uh, again, if you if you want them in the postseason, it it's got to be part of the game plan. You can't get upset against the Jets at home uh, on the road. Right, home game for the Jets. I mean, they for darn sure can't lose this one. You can't have no. that emotional win against Pittsburgh, then get a, a reeling Jacksonville on the road short week at 0-3 and lose that game. Does Urban Meyer stay after this season? Or do you think Urban Meyer's out? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't read it and all that stuff about him. I don't, you know. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. This, you're the Ravens. You, you don't you don't get affected by Jacksonville, <laughs> not unless they have a good football team. And, and no, I just don't have a vested interest in yeah. Urban Meyer. I mean, I'm not an Ohio State fan. I'm not a Florida Gators fan. I don't. <laughs> not a, uh, a a Bowling Green fan, wasn't he? With the he was. Yeah, he was with BG. Yeah, yeah. I think that was his first he- head coach job. Right, but coaching yeah. coaching cradle in the middle. Point is, time. they had the Cardinals all but beaten, and Trevor Lawrence threw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen to uh, to blow that one. So. Unbelievable. Is uh, how about this? Is is Lawrence an NFL quarterback? Or is he just okay. in a bad Gee, system? Good grief! Well, hold on. I mean, <laughs> you look. In, I'm not going to judge a guy based three on three games. Yeah, but yeah, you're getting ridiculous. Let's go to a break. This is. <laughs> but I mean, Trevor Lawrence has struggled earlier on. Um, you got to win this game on Thursday. It's Thursday night football. You got a national audience. Uh, you're coming off a big win. Beat the Jaguars and then look ahead. To, uh, to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, because that, that's going to be a tough one. And you know that's going to be a tough one. That, that's not a up-in-the-air one. Packers are a good football team. We'll be right back. This is the Sportsman, presented by JK Contracting, 970-97.1 FM, WATH. When I say I'm going on a run in the morning, I mean a McDonald's run. Like to get the crispy chicken biscuit. It's made with a crispy, juicy, and tender chicken filet on a warm, flaky biscuit. Try one for breakfast. Mix and match the crispy chicken biscuit, sausage McMuffin with egg, or bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Get any two for just $4. You know it's going to be a good day when it starts with a McDonald's run. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Valid when product served. Join Kevin Dunnigan and Troy Bolin all season long for the Hewite Honda Football Friday Night Postgame Show. Immediately after the Athens County Game of the Week, join the guys for analysis, information, entertainment, and giveaways throughout the show. Have a question about a game in the area? Driving back from a football game? Call in at 740-592-1055 or toll free at 1-888-592-1055. It's the Hewite Honda Football Friday Night Postgame Show. Friday nights on 105.5 FM, Power 105. 
From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Goes the mic with Joe Medora up until 7 o'clock today. Cincinnati Reds are later on, uh, not today, but later on in the week. I think we have a full slate of sports fans except for Friday when... uh, Athens has who do you guys got? Megs, Megs, Athens, Megs, um, and then we got uh, game of the week will be Nelsonville, York, and Wellston. Uh, waiting on the approval of that one, but uh, you know, is that why? Is that out Wellston? No, that's uh, that's at Nelsonville, York. Okay, who's Trimble got this week? Trimble, they, <sighs> Belpre, maybe someone who's in a lot of trouble. Yes, <laughs> somebody in the TVC Hawking that is not named Waterford. Could be Eastern, but Waterford beat Eastern um, pretty yeah. handily. Pretty handily. So, I, you can't. They're going to beat the doors off whoever they play this week. They're going to beat the doors off of everybody else down the stretch. Yeah. yeah I, I think I said it on air, Joey, but, you know, this was our, on Friday, was our last time seeing the Tomcats until the postseason. Unless something happens to where. You know, a COVID cancellation or something, and, and, and we'll get the Tomcats on the air. Um, but I, I think it's fair to say, you know, that Trimble is going to handedly beat, you know, their next, you know, all the way down the stretch until the postseason. Sure. You know, you got Southern, you got uh, South Gallia, you've got Eastern, you've got Belpre. I mean, those games. Yeah, they're going to get ugly. They, they they're ugly. They're going to get ugly, and, and it's going to get ugly quick um, in, in favor of, of Trimble. Um, and then we'll, we'll pick up the coverage with the Tomcats later on down the stretch. I mean, I don't know how you, you the, uh, the Nelsonville York and, and Vinton County game in week nine, that one's going to be exciting. We'll have that one on the air. Uh, I think we'll have Nelsonville York and, um, I, I think we have Alexander maybe. Um, there you go. We, we Two birds, a, one stone. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that one's at Alexander. We'll have Alexander on the air. Uh, hopefully more than just once. I haven't seen the Spartans a, ho- a whole lot this year, but um, either way, we do have a couple of, of good games still left on the schedule before we, we do pick up the postseason coverage. Um, tell you what else was was just a dominating win. Uh, was Ohio State, number 10 Ohio State over Akron. Yeah, got a bit overshadowed though, didn't it? A little bit because, you know, Kind of a commotion on the sideline. Kavon Pope uh, was trying to enter the field, right? And if, if I'm in Kavon Pope's, you know, if I'm in his shoes, I don't blame him for trying to enter, right, into the game on a blowout against Akron. Uh, but one of his teammates waved him off. Pope said, you know, I'm done. He had, uh, went towards the locker room, was called back by one of the coaches, and then you know, just kind of threw a fit on the sideline, threw his, his gloves out into the stands, took off his jersey, uh, you know, kind of was a, a temper tantrum, right, on the sideline, and, and yeah. then was taken off the fields. Um, um, and then on top of that, 
He went to Twitter. This is the interesting part. And then he said, and I'll, I'll just spell it out, F-U-C-C, Ohio State, or uh, or Buckeye. I don't know if he used Ohio State or Buckeyes, whatever it was. Uh, but he, he just basically told off his team, deleted the tweet. I guess somebody got in his ear and said, hey, you can't have that on, on, on your social media, especially if he wants to the do SID anything. The SID was rushing down from the press <laughs> box, probably. Yeah, somebody... Uh, you know, got that, and obviously it's online, right? So there is a, a record of it, and somebody has oh. screenshotted it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he had that. Then he tweets out, you know, uh, "Good luck to my teammates" or something. Yeah, and and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, you know, even in a, a dominating win for Ohio State, there's something else going on for them Bad this guys? season. Yeah. Right. My, here's my big question from it all, and uh, you know, I think they handled it well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who's like, oh, you caught him, it's ridiculous. I mean, they kept him on. You know, they're, they're, he's not playing anymore, obviously, and then they're going to review. Well, no, he's, whether, he's off the team. He's off they, the team, but they just he didn't pull a scholarship. And then they're going to review after this semester if he's going to uh, be able to keep his scholarship. And I don't know if he's still not going to play, and they're just going to let him finish out because he's a senior. So they're just going to let him finish out this year and then move on or – what have you. My big question is, do you think if he does everything except tweet at Ohio State that this gets near as much press? I don't. Um, I, because let's be honest, there was maybe one or two reporters who caught it on the sideline and tweeted about it, and then you know maybe it gets asked in the post-game press conference, and I'm sure Ryan Day would have had a diplomatic answer about it. I, I really do think that this is nowhere near the story it became if he doesn't tweet at Ohio State. I think it added fuel to the fire. But I do think that there it's was an Ohio a, State story for sure. It's not a national story if he doesn't tweet that out. Yeah, it's it's an Ohio story. I, I think there's more interest around it in Ohio than it is a national story, and I agree with you there. Um, I, I still think that it gets covered as much, probably yeah, I mean, not. But it, I mean, might, it might get run across the ticker on ESPN. You know, Ohio State player, you know, quits during halftime, something right. like that. But spectrum, Spectrum One. I right? think Ohio just what really it. set people off was the uh, the tweet. And he apologized, and he's a young kid. You know, you don't want to yeah, – he shouldn't be sentenced for life because of this one incident in, no. a, in, a, in a game. Um, but his football career is almost over. If it's not over I mean, now. Let's be I mean, honest. He's not playing when they're getting blown – when they're blowing out Akron, and he's a senior. Right. Like, his football career was ending at the college level anyway. So, I, again, there's, there's nothing um, – he wasn't getting any time. It, it's not a loss. I think it looks – worse for him than it does for Ohio State. Sure. Right? Because now, uh, whatever Ohio State connections you might have had, and I don't know what, what his major is, I don't know what he was going to school for, um, but yeah. I, I do think that it, it hurts his potential <laughs> yeah. connections right. with Ohio State, right? Because you, you can't just uh, tell off Ohio State and then expect you know their alumni network to, to go and help you get a job. Right, I mean, you're Ohio State football player. There's a, a certain reputation. There's a certain aura around those guys uh, with with the amount of success that they've had. Um, you know, it, somebody probably would have helped him out, and I think that he he burned some bridges that, you know, professionally, sure, business wise, is those bridges are now burned down. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but Connor, you know. But here, here here's the big takeaway, and you know, you you have a journalism degree yourself. This is what right. they tell you. Uh, from the PR side of things, don't make a one-day story a two-day story. And that's what he did by tweeting 
tweeting out after the game. I, I can I I am almost certain that yeah, there's going to be Ohio, some Ohio State boosters who are ticked off about it, and they're going to you know that's not what we do in the scarlet and gray and all this stuff. But um, you know, it's like the tweet just magnified, uh, just magnified everything. Um, it did. And like it's, it made that one day story of okay, it's an Ohio State thing. People around Ohio are probably discussing it and um, and stuff like that. And you know, maybe they, they, yeah, he's not going to get painted in, in a normal light around here. But you know, now you know everyone around the country is probably in agreement that that was that was a bad move by the by the kid. That's unfortunate. He apologized. Um, like I said, I you know the kid shouldn't be you know castrated for life over this one incident. But um. And yeah. it, it was a poor judgment in a moment. And, again, it, what it does is it, it just overshadows that Ohio State finally looked like a decent football team for the first time in a while, uh, just blowing out Akron, which is expected. But, right. uh, you know. And it was with their backup quarterback, too. I mean, it was with McCord. It wasn't with uh, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, right, I think it also shifted the narrative between a guy who was frustrated for not getting playing time to a guy now who's letting his team down and, and cursing out his team. Yeah. Right? Because there, I think that there's a distinct difference, right? Because if you're disappointed and not getting playing time, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you are actively, you know, kind of uh, uh, being a, a nuisance or if you're being you know, somebody who's negative towards a team, you're, you're detracting from, from what they're uh, putting out there, then that kind of elevated elevates it to the next level. Yeah, sure. Um. So that, and that's just kind of my thoughts about it, right? Because yeah, now it's... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's several schools around the country who wouldn't have kept that kid on scholarship. Uh, and, you know, maybe he won't even get to keep it after this semester and, you know, he'll finish out his college days. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I go, one thing's fair. No, you won't see him playing another football game for Ohio State. That's for sure. Nope, you will not. And it, is it a shame for the kid? Sure. Uh, but I think Ohio State's going to be fine, especially he wasn't needed in Akron. I'm not sure uh, what other football game he would have been needed in down the stretch. This has been the Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. For Joey Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. CBS News at the top of the hour is next. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH, LP.